you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Genesis this morning. Book of Genesis, and we're going to read in chapter 4, verses 1 through to 5. And, you know, I'm considering what to preach throughout the week. I'm in prayer. I'm saying, God, what do you want to speak to people about? And I want to preach a message this morning called Accepted by God. Accepted by God. You know, sometimes as Christians, we could live our lives. Am I, am I really forgiven? Am I truly saved? You know, and what ends up happening is people can become so self-righteous that it now becomes all about what they have to do to get God's approval. And we can get lost in this fact because we, 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 we do all these right things, but then all of a sudden we can come to a place when all is said and done, are we really going to be accepted by God? Now, I want to read a story found in Genesis chapter 4. Verses 1, it's a story about two brothers. And I want to bring to our forefront of our mind a couple of principles, a couple of thoughts from this particular verse. But Genesis chapter 4, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. So it says this, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Remember that, the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of his firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell accepted by God let's pray God I'm asking that you take every word spoken from this preacher take every word God and translate it into the hearts of men and women Lord I pray let it not just be information but let it be transformation in Jesus name I pray amen number one let's consider if you're taking note rejected by God in our story Genesis 4 verse 1 says now Adam knew his wife Eve that's a fancy term. Adam slept, Adam had sex with Eve, marriage, and she conceived and bore Cain. Now Cain means acquire, acquire. Therefore, she says, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And the story goes on and says, now she bears another son and his name is Abel. Abel means breath. Abel means vapor and here it is one was acquired and the other was breath one was given now Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground one was a shepherd the other was a gardener and the Bible tells us these both brothers come and give an offering to God they come and they give what they uh, you know what in in their their course or in their uh, lifestyle one comes with an offering with the fruit of the ground one comes with an offering with the firstborn of his flock and Cain comes with an offering unaccepted by God it's rejected by God and Abel comes with an offering it is accepted it is respected by God I mean one is rejected and the other is respected and listen to what verse 4 says the Lord respected Abel and his offering but he did not respect Cain and his offering and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell I'm reading this story and I don't know about you but sometimes I, I like to ask certain questions like why God did you refuse Cain's offering why God did you reject 
the offering of Cain? Why did you accept Abel's and not Cain's? And may God grant us this morning revelation through his word as we consider being rejected by God. Because God rejects Cain, he respects Abel's offering and then Cain gets so angry, he's like ready to now sin. But listen, why was Cain rejected? That's the question. Why did he get rejected by God? And I'm going to tell you why. Let's go down to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, it's a, a chapter given to the fall of man. You know the story, Adam and Eve. God says, Adam, take care of the garden. Don't touch the tree. Don't, whatever you do, don't eat of the tree of, the good, of knowledge of good and evil. And so Eve is, you know what, tempted. The devil begins to put doubt in her mind. She takes off the tree that she should not touch. And she gives some to Adam. Adam eats of the fruit. And what we know the story. Now sin is comes throughout the world and now there is a you know something that's been given I want you to read verses 17 watch this then to Adam he said because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying you shall not eat of listen to this cursed is the ground for your sake in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. God curses the ground but what happens next in verse 21 and for Adam and his wife the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. God curses and then God clothes. God curses and through their sin says man this ground's going to be cursed but then he says I'm going to clothe you. You know what God is so good? God is amazing that even through their mistake, God comes along and says, I'm going to cover your shame. I thank God for that because there are many of us here today. We've lived life of sin. We've gone and we've done some mistakes. But God in his mercy comes along and he begins to provide a way. They say, I'm going to cover their shame. I'm going to clothe their shame. And an animal had to be killed to provide clothing to cover man's shame. Stay with me. Stay with me. Cain comes with an offering from the ground. The ground that was cursed. Abel brings an offering of the firstborn of his own flock. Signifying the clothing made by God that they had sinned. And so here it is. We consider the question. Why was Cain rejected? The answer is this. Cain did not have an adequate sense of sin. Therefore he came with an inadequate sacrifice. Therefore his sacrifice was Rejected, And I'm telling you today, this spirit of Cain is one of self-righteousness. Acquired, Cain means acquired. Cain comes with a sacrifice that he made. Abel comes with a sacrifice made for him. I hope you hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. Many people will stand before God. Many people will stand before a righteous, just God. And I'm telling you, with the spirit of Cain, only to hear the words of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 7, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawless I'm, I'm reading this i'm like man this is a picture of what just like cain being rejected by god god jesus is rejecting man and many will say lord lord many will come to jesus on that day and god rejects them 
Your life is an offering. Your life lived out now is an offering to God. And God looks at your life. When you stand before him, will you be accepted or will you be rejected? And this is the scary thing. I'm, I'm reading this verse. I'm meditating on this verse of what Jesus is saying. Depart from me. And I, I got this revelation. As I was sitting there in prayer, I was like, man, God, what are you saying? Uh, we understand the second part. Yeah, depart from me. I never knew you. But God showed me something that I've never seen before. Many will say, Lord, Lord, but living in lawlessness. They're, they're doing the Christian thing, but they're still living in their sin. God showed me that's lukewarm Christianity. What a revelation that people come to church on Sunday. They lift up their hands in worship, but yet continue living on in their sin. That they, you know what, they, they come, they look all holy and righteous, self-righteous. They, they think their own good will get them into heaven only to realize one day that Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you, but we did it, Lord. By the way, all in your name, Jesus. You can come to church, clap your hands, sing the songs, say you know Jesus. But the question is, does he know you? Does he know you? And this is the scariest thing because he's telling it to the church. This is Christian people, people who do their Christian practices. We've acquired many things, Lord. We prophesy. We cast out demons in your name. Lord, we've done many wonders in your name. It's Christian thing to do. But then Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. I was like, man, God showed me right there. That's lukewarm Christianity. And this is what many people settle for today. Revelations 3 verse 15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, watch this, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You see, God hates it when Christians play the Christian part, but then continue living in sin. You know what that does? In other words, it makes God sick. That God looks down and he sees a people. That should be separated and holy. That should be sanctified, you know, for God's purposes. To, to be used as a vessel, an instrument for His glory. But yet He sees the Christian prophesying in His name. Casting out demons in His name. You know, doing many wonders and yet continue living on in lawlessness. Jesus says, I never knew you. And you know what? That's a picture of lukewarm Christianity. What you've got there, my brother, my sister, is religion and not relationship. That they can choose, oh, I come to church, it's all religious. Oh, you can come to church, act all holy. And, but I'm telling you, there comes a time and there comes a day where you will stand before God. You will stand before Him, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus will say, man, you, all you had was religion. You didn't have relationship with me. That's a frightening thing. Can you say amen? amen. All because that people have an inadequate sense of their sin. I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm not bad like people who have alcohol. I'm not bad like people who, you know, get involved in drugs. I, I'm good. This is a scary thing because Jesus said, man, you, you thought you weren't good. Your own self, the spirit of Cain is self-righteous, selfish, and it is a lukewarm person. They live in sin and come to church. What about you today? I see you, Cain. I see you come to church this morning looking all good. I, I can smell you, Cain. You come in with your nice perfume, sat down in your seat, looking all good. Clap your hands, Cain. And, but yet you leave out of this place unchanged. You leave out of this place, you know what, unhinged from what God is speaking to you. God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to move on your heart. God is trying to say, listen, you're living in self-righteousness. But yet we go out of this place unchanged, untransformed. The spirit of Cain 
tolerates, is tolerated, sorry, and is accepted today. And can I say it's in many, many churches. And Paul is prophesying in the last days. He says to a young pastor, he's saying, listen, this time is what we're living in right now. He says to a young pastor in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through to 5. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, you can sum up that particular part as self-righteous, selfish, but here comes the lukewarm part in verse 5 having a form of godliness, but denying its power. This is the day we're living in. That there is a spirit of Cain upon many people's lives that say, you know what, I'm, I'm just coming to church, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, but have no relationship, but you're settling for religion. There's no power in your life. There's no power in your Christianity. There's no evidence of a changed life. There's no evidence that, you know what, man, God's done something in your life. And so you live your life trying to attain, trying to acquire, trying to get to God. That's all you've got is just religion. Listen, it ain't going to cut it. That you know what, if all you have is just a Sunday morning Christianity, listen, that's just religion. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And I'm, I'm reading this, I'm saying, God, what are you trying to say? And this is not a message to the sinner, this is a message to the church. God is speaking to you. Yes, you know, God is dealing with you today. Or you might think, oh, it's easy and quick to point the finger to the drug addict. It's easy to point the finger at the alcoholic, the one that's struggling in sin. But no, 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 God is speaking to the one that is, you know what, think they have it together. You're the one that God's trying to reach this morning. God comes to Cain. Look at the story. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? In verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen, sin lies at the door. Its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. God is trying to get Cain to open his eyes. God is trying to get to Cain to say, listen, if you can just do well, listen, you'll be accepted. But listen, sin lies at the door. You should rule over it. And we know the story. We know what happens. Cain goes out and murders his brother. Cain goes out and he kills his brother. And listen, this morning, God says to him in verse 11, So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand when you till the ground it shall no longer yield its strength to you watch this listen very carefully a fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth what is a fugitive what is a vagabond it is someone that's wandering from place to place unsatisfied in his life God says listen now you've done this you're just going to keep on wandering every single way in the earth and if you study Cain's lineage, it's filled with sin, curse, polygamy. All his lineage is just completely destruction and completely, you know, separated from God. I'm telling you this morning, God's trying to get your attention today. Listen, you can stop this inherited curses in your line. Say, you know, I'm not opening that door anymore. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to open that door to the sin that will ruin my life. Come on, you are that person that can do that for your family. 
You're the one that could stand in the gap and say, God, if, if there's anyone in me, if you can find someone in me, I'll be the mom, I'll be that dad to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to open up this door. I'm not going to go down this road. And let's talk about respected and accepted by God. Because here it is. One was rejected and the other was respected and accepted. Abel comes with a sense that says, you know what, man? I've got an adequate sense of sin. Therefore, he brought an adequate sacrifice to God. And it's so amazing. Abel, though he died, listen to this. He's found in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. And every Old Testament picture is a New Testament principle. That Abel, listen to me, is, is a picture of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better than the things that of Abel. When we realize, listen very carefully, when we realize how lost we are, when we realize, man, we're sinners. Listen, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah 64 verse 6, but we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. When we realize our condition, our state, it makes us aware that, you know what, man, we need a savior. It makes us realize, man, I'm, I'm not good on my own. We realize our need for Jesus. There was another Abel and his name was Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Watch this, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him, in Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. And you know what? You, you can come to church and try and do all the Christian activities. Listen, that ain't going to get you into heaven. It's Jesus Christ. And, and that's the reason why we come to church. We come to church not because we're good, not because we, we keep the Lord's commandments. Man, we fail every day. We, we make mistakes every single time. But I'm here this morning because I need God's mercy. Can I get a witness? I'm here today because I need God's grace. I'm here this morning because I couldn't get to heaven by my own good works. I needed Jesus Christ. And many of us here stand today. We thank God for his mercy. We thank God for his grace. We are like able God. Here it is. I'm bringing a sacrifice. I'm bringing the firstborn of my flock and with its fat. I'm bringing it to you. I'm not settling for lukewarm Christianity. I'm all in with this, God. I don't want to play church on Sunday morning and live in my lawlessness and continue living in sin. I want to give my all to you, Jesus. I want to be full on for God. I remember the saying, man, he's on fire for God. She's on fire for God. I remember I got saved and, and the revival was sweeping through our high school. I mean, the prayer room was filled with young men and young women screaming, yelling in prayer. I mean, you, you walk into the prayer room and it's like a roar. It's like, a, you know what, a, a, a jet beginning to take off. God, we need your power. God, we need your presence. God, we need you to move in our service. God, we need, we desperately need you. I'm telling you what, that's what happens when someone realizes, man, I'm a sinner, God, and I need you, Jesus. Uh, God, I need you in my life. I used to be a drug addict. Come on. I used to be involved in sin. I used to sit at the nightclub uh, and dance my way to hell. But I'm telling you, now that I'm saved, uh, I want to lift my voice in praise. Uh, I want to lift my hands in worship. I want to come to prayer. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. 
I don't want to settle for a cane spirit. I don't want to settle for second best where, you know what, maybe a boy comes along. Listen, I'm not selling for you. I'm selling for what God has for me. Hey, come on, somebody. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. And we realize, man, God, you made a way out of no way. Thank you for accepting me when I was unacceptable. And what I have now, God gave me. Where I am, God brought me. Hallelujah. It's not self-righteousness. It's what God has done in my life. It's better to be respected by God and rejected by the world. Hello, somebody. Question today is, does God have all of you? Does he really have all of you? That room that you have in your life, that hidden sin that you, does he have it? Does he, does he have that relationship? Does, does he have all of you? All of me loves all of you. Does he have all of you? Does he have it all? Or is he just, you know, oh, 20%? Come on now, man. Jesus, you died. You gave all for me. I'm going to give all for you. Abel gave everything, the firstborn of his flock and of its fat. He was like, man, God, you take it. He had a sense, man. I'm a sinner. He had an understanding, man. My mom and dad, Adam and Eve, they sinned. But thank God that you provided a sacrifice. You, Abel came with a sacrifice. Understanding, man, we're sinners. Understanding we can't get to you, God. And he goes, you know what? He, you take it all. How do we do it today? Because we don't sacrifice animal, animals anymore. Thank God. Jesus is the sacrifice. But listen today. Your life is that sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, watch this, and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can be accepted by God today. Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He's speaking it to people who've dedicated, devoted their lives to lay it down as a sacrifice. To lay it down and say, God, I'm not giving you from the fruit of the ground that is cursed. A lifestyle of sin and lawlessness. I'm giving to you because you've made a way for me. You are that lamb. You are the one that died on the cross for my sins. And I'm telling you in Matthew 5, a story where Jesus goes through the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. The poor in spirit is, is one that they recognize, man, they're bankruptcy. They're spiritually bankrupt. They're, they're, you know what? I'm poor in spirit. Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom. Accepted by God because people realize, man, our righteousness are filthy rags. But you know what? Jesus, you're my righteousness. And I'm telling you, we need as people, as men and women, yeah, we'll make mistakes. But listen, it comes back to Jesus. That his grace is enough to cover your sins. He knows. He, he died for you, your sins. And he knows exactly the sins that you're going to do in the future. And he says, man, I, I paid for it. And it's called grace. When you come back to Jesus Christ, when you choose to repent. That word is a beautiful word to repent. You decide to change your mind and say, God, you have it. I don't want to live my life anymore in sin. I'm going to turn from my sin and I'm going to turn in your direction. That's what repentance means. And so this morning... Listen, you can be accepted by God when you choose to repent. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life.
He loves you. He loves you so much. To You know what? That You know what? You got saved. He wants to take you even further. God loves you. He wants you to have this revelation. You know what? It's not done by your good works. It's not done by trying to please Him by your own good things. We're, we're, we're falling short. But when we realize, man, Jesus, you're, you're all I need. Hallelujah. Sacrifice that can be accepted by God. You're here this morning. I want to ask you one simple question like we do every service. You're here today. You're not saved. Your heart's not right with God. You're hearing the message this morning and you're like, man, that's, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm still living in my sin. You're here today and you know you would hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. You've been living in your sin. You're still living in your own old lifestyle. God is trying to get your attention. He's saying, listen, today's the day to get saved. Today's the day. Bow your knee, humble yourself and accept the free gift of grace, the free gift of Jesus Christ. You're here today. You're not saved. Your heart's not right with God, but you want to give your life to Jesus you want to accept Him in your heart today. I want you to do one simple thing. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. Amen. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone else? Lift it up today. Say, yep, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Lift it up. Amen. I see this hand. Anyone else? Your heart's not right with God. I see that hand. Anyone else? You want to get saved. You want to give your life to Jesus. Say, you know what, man? I'm, I'm tired of living half half. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Lift it up this morning. Lift your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe you're backslidden. You once had a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've gone your own way today. Come back home. If that's you, you're backslidden in your heart. You want to come back, give your life to Jesus. Lift it up. Don't be ashamed. We're rejoicing with you when you do lift your hand and give your heart to Jesus. We're, we're supporting you. We're encouraging you. Yes, lift it up. Say, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. God loves you. He's, this is a chance. You never know. Our life is, is a breath. It's a, just a vapor. God loves you so much. You're here this morning. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Lift it up. Lift it up. No one looking around. Amen. Amen. My brother at the back, you meant that. Come. Come out of your seat. Henry, if you want to pray for my brother, come. Come. Come to the front. Amen. Come. Come to the front. We'll pray. Amen. Amen. Sister Linda, you want to come pray as well? Come. If I can grab a sister, come and pray for her sister as well. Hallelujah. Turning to the church. Church, these, is your life just a religious show? Is it all just an outward appearance? When you come out of your seat, come to the altar, say, God, I don't want to come to the end of my life and you know what you, you say to me, depart from me. God's speaking to us as a church today, being accepted by God. It's time to get a revelation of His grace, grace of God. Thank Him for His grace. What a wonderful, wonderful mercy. What a merciful God He is that He would choose to forgive us in our sin. Come, come, these altars are open. Let's pray. Let's seek God this morning. God, minister at this altar, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you'd move upon this place in this altar. I'm praying, Father God, that you begin to move upon this place. God, that hearts continue to be open. 
God, that hearts continue to be, Lord God, a, a righteous, Lord, not in their own self, Lord, worth, but in you alone, Jesus. Lord, we are we're nothing without you, God. We need your grace. We need your tender mercies every day. God, we glorify your name, Jesus. Oh, 